0: I've got a gentleman in my congregation, he's 95 years old. We go out to lunch from time to time, and he he told me his grandfather was blind. Every day after school, he would go over to his grandfather's house, and he would take him on a walk, he would lead him on a walk, and he would describe for him what he saw so that he was his eyes, right? And I thought about that as the, the pastor theologian, right? That, that that's what we do. We take people on walks through the world and we and we seek to encourage them to see it in a
1: in a different way. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pastor Theologians Show. Today On the show, we have the Reverend Dr. Joel Lawrence, who is the senior pastor of Central Baptist Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. And today we're talking with Joel about his story of becoming a pastor theologian. So let's get right to it. Here's our host, Todd Wilson.
0: Joel, great to be with you today, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: Looking forward to to uh, talking with you, brother, because I know you well. We've known each other as you as you reminded us uh, for almost twenty years, almost which 20 is years. which is kind of scary. Yeah. It's, uh, we're we're no longer promising young men; we're just middle aged <laughs> and over the hill almost, right? All the
1: promises gone. All yeah, the promise that's is right, gone. That's right. Whatever predictable was predictable middle aged guys now. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, well, let's dive in. Maybe uh, just share with us your background and and sort of faith. Journey and story. Yeah, um, sure. Where were you born and reared? The kind of family you grew up in. Get us to the place where you sensed a call to ministry, and then headed off uh, to college and and seminary. Kind of get us to that place. Okay. Your background and family story
0: sounds good. So I was born in uh, Bay Area, California. Um, born into a a pastor's home. So. Uh, my father was a uh, pastor of a church out in San Jose, oh, California. Oh, he was a pastor at the time. He was, Before yeah, he went yeah. to, to Dallas. So he had, uh, my mom had grown up in uh, Peninsula Bible Church. Some people may know the name Ray Steadman. Yes, yeah. He was my mom's pastor. And my dad came out there to do an internship when he was in seminary. Okay. And they met there. Um, then my dad and mom planted a church out of Peninsula Bible Church in the kind of Southern Bay Area, San Jose. So that's where I was born. Um, You got California in your DNA. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a combo. My dad's from Philadelphia, my mom's from California. So I kind of inherited all of that, I think. (laughs) That's
2: complex. It's complex, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. But um, so yeah, born into a Christian family. And um, you know, I always say faith didn't come easy to me. I'm, I'm not one of these... People who kind of look back and think just from the time I can remember, I had this kind of relationship with Jesus, this trust in Uh Jesus. It was um, it was much more complicated for me uh, in terms of, you know, growing up, getting into junior high, high school. uh, When I was in late elementary, we moved to Dallas and my dad came to Dallas to be a professor at Dallas Seminary, so okay. he taught homiletics, yeah. and then was the uh, head of the Howard Hendricks Center yes. for Christian Leadership yes. for a number of years. So um, that was the that was the context I grew up in. And we let's can I yeah. linger for a second here sure. on why faith wasn't easy for you? Is
2: yeah. it partly really just personality, Joel, yeah, or was I think it your so. if kind of family system background issues?
0: No, I wouldn't say that. I think it was I think it was personality. Yeah. I think it, and what it, about it, your personality? Um, I, I think a, a lot of it is I I don't accept things easily without giving it a lot kind of my own thought probing pressing yeah. and so you know in junior high high school involved in youth group involved in church doing all that stuff and just felt a little bit like I'm not sure I buy all yes. of this, right? It, Would you say it was it, skeptical? Yeah. Skeptical for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. And it, it was nothing about the, I, had, I mean, looking back, I had a great church experience. I, I was not in the kind of a church where people look back and you think I, I should have rebelled from that mm, kind of mm-hmm. thing. It was just more, I just didn't, I didn't buy it in a lot of ways. And that just sent me on a journey of exploration yes. that I think as my mind started to mature. You start to figure out start to realize you're in this big world, and there's a whole lot going on in this big world, and I've got to think about and come to understand some of these things. More and there's deeply. sort of the
2: seeds for the pastor-theologian journey you've been on right there absolutely. As, as a little kid with your personality At, and inquisitiveness absolutely. and needing to, yeah. needing to understand the logic of
0: things yeah. before you buy into things. Yep, for sure, for sure. Wow, and that's so that, interesting. that lasted through high school into college. Um, you know, I was never an externally rebellious kind of person. I I, I never— you know, was Mm. getting into all the, the party scene and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I just internally was, was very conflicted and struggling with, with faith, um, wanted to have faith, Mm -hmm. but you know, so it wasn't a, I don't like it and I'm running, I wanted it. It just, it wasn't there.
2: And can you describe what it was like? Let's say you're in a high school and you're at youth group and the pastor's yeah. talking about Jesus doing miracles or the 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 Bible story of creation or whatever. Are are you do you remember thinking to yourself, yeah, but evolution, or yeah, but how do you know miracles don't sort of work in the modern world or All of the that. Trinity? Yeah, how really? does that logically oh, yeah. doesn't yeah. make it? So, yeah. so it wasn't just detached. It was it was it, actually like you you knew there was more complexity than than you were being sort of taught or 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 exposed to. Is, yes. that, is that right. It,
0: it, I would say you know I, I I can very clearly remember in high school we they, we did a series on on creation and it was yes it it was at the on church on the church it was kind of a you know a classic uh, young earth seven day creation Ken Ham kind of stuff and I just remember sitting there going. There's a lot about this. I just, yeah. I just don't buy it. Yes, I just don't. I just don't get it. Um, Jesus doing miracles. How do we know? Reading the Bible. How, how do we know this is what uh, Jesus yeah. said? Yeah. I mean, it's th- those kinds oh, yeah. of things. Of um, what's the reliability of this? What's the what's the authority of this? Mm. Um, and I and I just really struggled with coming to terms with those things. Uh, and and in college, then would say again. I never. I never. I mean this is something I look back on and it's interesting cuz I wanted to have faith. It wasn't it wasn't a a running away from it. I was involved. I was engaged. Um but I really struggled to the point I'd say in college I was you know I was does God exist? How do we know God exists? All these kinds of things.
2: It did get to the, to the for sure. sort of yeah. bed,
0: bedrock for sure issues. It, it did. It did. And and I'll tell you a story about kind of how yeah things started to shift. Yeah. Uh I had a there's a guy um, who was on the staff with Campus Crusade for Christ, so I'm heavily involved with Campus Crusade for Christ. Yes, interesting. While well, you're wondering if maybe God exists, being an agnostic, <laughs> <right? Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I'm tiptoeing in that direction. Any Campus Crusade
2: listeners, please just sort <laughs> yeah. of turn 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 the podcast off at this no, no, point. No, no, they, they did a great job. At <laughs> okay, uh, least go. one guy did. <laughs> yeah. No, there, there was a
0: guy named his name was Mark Hurt, and he was on the staff of Campus Crusade at Texas A and M University where I was where I was going to university. Mark and I just we formed a relationship. I would go to his house to do my laundry and have dinner with he and his wife. They were fairly young in their marriage. Uh, they were, um, just opened up their home, opened up their life to me. I could confide things in Mark that I wasn't confiding in other people. Um, so we just built a relationship and then, um, they, they had a, they had a baby and on Saturday mornings, Mark and I would take their, their newborn daughter and we'd get in Mark's car and we would drive out probably about 20 minutes from college station, there's a, a a town I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's kind of a Czech town, right? Yes. The Czech immigrants yep. that came there. So yep. there's this bakery, and there are kolaches that were just amazing kolaches. So we'd go every Saturday morning. Joel, what's a kolache? A kolachi is a Czech pastry. It's okay. it's kind of like a Danish. Oh yeah, okay. But a Czech version of the, the Danish <laughs> <Okay>. Danish, right? <laughs> a kolache, <laughs> a kolache. <laughs> so we'd go there and just talk. And I, I, I on one of those drives. Um, I was expressing to him this, I don't know, I don't know that I can believe that there is a God. Wow. I don't know that that yes. I, I can believe God exists. And Mark said to me, I'm, I'm probably a, I'm guessing I'm a junior, maybe sophomore, junior in, in college. And Mark said to me, you need to go live like there is no God, which is a pretty bold thing to say wow. to a, a junior in college. I was going <laughs> to Texas right? uh, Yeah. More, I mean, there, there are lots of options there. Yes. <laughs> but. The moment he said that, I knew I couldn't. Wow. And it, and it wasn't I couldn't because I'd feel guilty yes. or it wasn't I couldn't because I'd disappoint my parents or whatever. It was that connected me into something like a deep faith that was there that I didn't even yes. really know, right? That I I knew I couldn't live as if there is no God because there is.
2: Yes. And I think and you kind of knew that in your bones. Yeah,
0: yeah. Even I, though your head. But had to get all of that kind of churned up and sorted out. And, um, and so, uh, that's fascinating. So that was, uh, yeah, my junior. And, and in a lot of ways, I think my, my journey since then, my journey to be a pastor theologian is answering the question, why couldn't I live as no, if there is no God, yes. right? That, yes. that kind of the, the, my life took on a, a direction there of there is a God. And now I've got to Give my life to understanding who this God is and deepening
1: in my wow. understanding relationship, wow. um,
0: fellowship with this God.
1: So faced with the like real proposition of apostasizing, you're I I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I just can't do it. It's almost like that. Like, where else can we go? It is. Sort it is. I've experience. I've reflected on that
0: story, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of in the Gospel of, Peter of John, saying that, yeah. right? Right. Let, you have the words of eternal life. Somewhere deep down, I knew that was true. That these are yeah. words of eternal life. Um, that in some ways they're not provable in the kind of ways I was wanting them to be provable. But the the faith there is a fa- faith there within me, and now it's faith seeking understanding. Yeah, I see it, that as kind of the the journey of my life.
2: Yeah, that's that's amazing. But you don't you don't credit that to your quote unquote call to ministry, do you, Joel? How, how where did you go from there then yeah. to just thinking so, no, pastorate I, so and theological I went from education?
0: There, um, so I I went to Dallas Seminary and Straight out
2: of Texas AM. Straight
0: out of I was on staff at a church for a okay. year and a half. Oh, okay. uh, and then got married in that time and then and then we we came to Dallas Seminary. Um I came to Dallas Seminary not having a sense of a particular call to ministry. What am I, what am I going to do? I came to seminary and I often joke about this with my students that I teach in the seminary. I came to seminary wanting to get my questions answered because I still had tons and tons of questions, right? And, And, and what do you come to find out when you go to seminary?
1: is you come <laughs> to get your questions answered and you're going to get a new bag of questions. <laughs> well, yes. yeah. 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 You yeah. just end up with a ton more questions yeah. than you, you started with.
0: Your questions probably aren't the best questions no. <laughs> and there are a whole lot others that are more important. Um, so I, I went to seminary to do really as a, a, uh, continuing pursuit of, wow. of this right. faith seeking understanding. Not, I didn't go cause I felt the strong call to the pastor. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Kind of my, I would say my call to ministry happened while I was in seminary. Uh and I, again, another story I remember very distinctly, I had a theology professor, uh, Steve Spencer. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, and um got to know him pretty well and spent time with him. And I remember one day I was walking down the hallway in the um in the in the seminary there, and and Dr. Spencer was right outside of his office and he said, Hey, can I can I chat with you for a minute? And I said, Sure. And went into his office and he said, I don't do this very often, um, but I feel like I need to tell you, I think you should go pursue a PhD. Um, wow. And I had... A that prof- had A prophetic of, word. Yes. That had kind At of Dallas started Seminary. to come into my mind, <laughs> this idea. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> maybe one of the only times. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this idea had started to come into my mind. But when someone, you know, Names you're sitting it. in this classroom and you, yeah. this is a person who's pursued this path... They tell you, I, I think you should do this because I, I I wasn't exactly the st- a standout scholar in 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 high school and uh, did fine in college, but it wasn't really a you wouldn't have looked at me and said, oh, he's on the path towards an an academic PhD career. So that that conversation, um, I, I took a class in the history of doctrines that just really kind of opened me up to mm-hmm. the history of Christian thought that was yeah. deeply compelling to me. Again, in my in my journey um, coming into contact with all these, this, this rich Christian tradition that I knew was out there, but hadn't really, really delved into that really captured my, my heart and my mind. Uh, and so that was the the direction towards pursuing PhD. And also I knew that these questions I had, this, this drive within me wasn't going to be Satisfied through a THM, oh yeah, which okay. is a great degree, but I I knew I needed to do more than that. And you did Cambridge, have a good experience anyway. at Dallas. I had a very good experience. What, at what Dallas, were some takeaways?
2: Yeah. What what did you find most? You helpful know, I was at there, that stage
0: of your education. Yeah, I was there at a at a time where I mean, my my peers, the student group I was with, was remarkable. Uh, yeah, really had we are friends a with many of them to this day. Are, we yeah. are, and so this, those relationships were. Yeah. Uh and, and continue many of them continue to be very important relationships. Um so there is that experience that, that I think really mm. grounded my my theological journey and reflections in yes. community. Yes, yes. And and learned how important it is to do theological reflection in community and for a This for is
2: preparing an, you well well for Bonhoeffer. It
0: is, it is. Yeah, we'll in, get to in that ways in a little I bit, didn't, I didn't know. But yeah. Fabulous, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so, uh, that experience, I, I think that really is, as I look back, you know, that I had great experiences in my, with my courses, with my professors. Um, you know, one of the things I really valued was that the professors did really, they were open to spending a lot of time yeah. with you. So there were a handful that I, that I just kind of majored in them yeah. and spent time with them. And, uh, and then the, the, the relationships that came out of, of, uh, seminary that have as I said, still continue continue to be very important. Yeah.
1: Hey everyone, just a quick note about an event we're hosting later this year here at the CPT. On October 14th to 16th, just outside of Chicago, we'll be hosting our fifth annual theology conference. The theme for this year's conference is a Christian vision of technology. And we're really excited to be welcoming Andy Crouch, Pastor Charlie Dates, Karen Swallow Pryor, and many other awesome speakers. It's going to be a really great event. And if you're listening to this before April 1st, 2019, you can register right now for just $89 a person or just $49 if you're a student. This is honestly a great deal for a great event. And even if you're listening after April 1st, you can still register for just a little bit more. If you want to learn more about the conference, you can find more information by visiting cptconference.com. We'd love to see many of you there. All right, let's get back into our conversation with Joel Lawrence on his story of becoming a pastor theologian.
2: Venue find yourself at Cambridge. I do. Doing a PhD. Yeah. How did you get to Cambridge, by the way? Did you apply to other schools? Were you thinking about other you No, know, I d- I wow. did not. It was the only okay. place
0: I applied to. <laughs> okay, great. Uh I didn't have a I didn't have a plan B. So called a Hail Hail Mary pass. Yes. It was a Hail Mary, <laughs> yeah. I had gone with my parents when I was in college on a on a trip to Europe and we took a day trip to Oxford. And I just was I Which mean, is not a bad place. You go to Oxford and you're you're captured by <laughs> yes. this by this thing. Spires, right? yeah. Yes, exactly. And so it's very romantic. And that just kind of put that in my heart. And so when we started thinking about uh what future PhD, what future education, what would that look like? My wife and I were pretty adventurous and and the idea of traveling and getting outside of our own context. You know, I had grown up in Texas, uh, I had Dallas yeah. Seminary was where my dad taught, and so yeah. kind of the idea of get of out of the nest and spreading the wings a little yeah. bit and so i i we went over and visited i was uh, we, we did a mission trip to Russia in in seminary yes. with some of our peers and on the way back, Mindy and I stopped in in uh, London we visited Cambridge and Oxford and had and yes. kind of two uh two meetings with different professors. And we were just praying, God, open the doors that need to be open and close the doors that need to be closed. And like within 30 minutes of arriving, we were in love with Cambridge. Within 30 Hard minutes of arriving laugh. in Oxford that time, it was like, uh, I don't think this is the right thing. And then I met with professors and the guy in Cambridge was really enthusiastic and wanting to help me and the guy in Oxford, not so much. And so applied to Cambridge and that was it. So. And how
2: did you, so uh, the big reveal, you worked on Bonhoeffer yeah. for your yeah. PhD thesis yeah. in historical theology, obviously the big discipline. Yeah. Bonhoeffer, yep. modern theology. Yeah. How did you uh, get there?
0: Did you have a lot of exposure to Bonhoeffer? No, not really. Uh, I, you know, my my dad had some Bonhoeffer on his shelves, and I remember his, in high school opening up and flipping through Costs of Discipleship, yeah, but I didn't yeah, I didn't yeah. read it cover to cover or anything right. like that. Um, but I was uh, I did an MPhil, so the one year masters at Cambridge uh, in medieval theology, yeah. and uh, kind of got, got accepted into the PhD program, kind of maybe moving in that direction. I don't even, I can't quite remember how, but I I got a hold of Bonhoeffer's Christology lectures. And I I read Bonhoeffer's Christology lectures and it was like, this is it, right? There's stuff here that I've been thinking about that I've, there's themes coming out of the medieval stuff that I was interested in. And Bonhoeffer's talking about these themes. And so I just read a bunch of Bonhoeffer that fall. When I look back at it now, one of the things I, I am so grateful for about my PhD process is it was a, spiritual process it wasn't a purely intellectual academic gutted out process that's great it was a formative process of my of my faith of my journey of reflecting on this person's life and journey and coming to to understand that the questions I had been wrestling with this is someone who has thought about a lot of these kinds of things so I, I was able to find there I think a a kindred spirit. And in intense
2: sense. academics can be spiritually nourished. Absolutely. They and, don't have and to and be at odds. Be. And
0: should be. And should be. And should be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of, you know, our vision here is yeah. CPT is, is to say those things aren't incompatible yeah, with one that's another. That's right.
2: So you finish up at, at uh, Cambridge, were you thinking pastorate or academy teacher? No, I was aiming, I was aiming for the academy. Okay.
0: and <laughs> And
1: was that kind of all the way through, like back even to your Dallas days, yeah. like the, it, pastoral ministry wasn't quite on your radar.
0: It wasn't, it wasn't. Um, I would say towards the end of the PhD, you know, I, I did, I did my PhD on uh, central to it was Bonhoeffer's ecclesiology. And so kind of a love for the church and a desire to serve the church was there. W- one of the things going back to seminary, um, when I started to talk to my dad about the fact that I was maybe thinking about pursuing a PhD, he said to me, that's fine. If you want to go in academic World, that's fine, but understand you're always going to be a pastor. Oh, that wow. your classroom is the way to get into the lives of students. Who Marvelous. You, who you pastor. Marvelous. And so that kind of planted this seed of I am a pastor. That's a great. I don't quite know what that looks like for me, and I and I'm not sure where that's going. But you're going to pastor people. But I'm going to pastor people, and if and and so I think behind what my dad was saying was don't go into the academy because you want to run from being a pastor. Mm. That's not going to work because if you try that, you're you're not going to be successful in the academy because ultimately yeah. really what you're there to do is, is pastor hearts and shepherd hearts Marvelous. and minds. Yeah. Um, and so that, that I think helped me at that point, as I went into the PhD and was journeying through the PhD to realize, you know, um, uh, even though I'm headed for the academy, I, there was a, there was starting to be a sense of a pastoral vocation that was even, that was a part of that.
2: And you ended up at Bethel ended Seminary. At Bethel Seminary. In yep.
0: Yep. Teaching, teaching systematic theology and Christian social ethics and Bonhoeffer and Bart and these kinds of things. And um, you were there for a number of years. I was, I was, uh, f- yeah, full-time on the faculty for eight years. Um, and about halfway through that time, four years into that, I was invited by the church we were attending to become the teaching pastor. Yeah. So I started into a preaching ministry and that that's kind of really part time. Yeah, part time with,
2: with limited pastoral responsibilities beyond the right. pulpit. And pulpit, teachmen.
0: and then I also they they had invited me to uh, lead staff meetings, and so I was leading staff meetings and then preaching. Um, and it was at that point that the 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 sense of pull and direction, yeah. the sense of gravity towards the the church. And pastoral ministry really, really started kind to of get your to arms kick around the congregation in, right. in a yeah. more substantive yeah. way. You know, I, I always had a, a deep conviction of the importance of theology for the church. And yeah. that, when I teach in in courses, you know, when I say to my students, when "We gather. This is a gathering of the church. We're in yes. the academy, but but yeah. this is the gathering of the church, yeah. and and this is where theology is done. Is is in the church. Yeah. And so, I you know, I think I just started to think about that. And uh, CPT was in its formative stages at that point in time. And I got connected in with CPT. Early on pretty early on back in, in relationships that we had yeah. built in Cambridge yeah, right. and, and people, other guys who were there in Cambridge with us who were thinking about yeah. these things.
2: And uniquely, a number of our Cambridge colleagues went into pastorates right. and, and it had right. intended all along through their PhD program to go into pastorates. That's, that was that's a kind right. of unique it was. time. Yeah. I, it and and, and I remember
0: that when we were in Cambridge, that there were, uh, there was a richness of our conversations because yeah. there was a variety of people who were doing a variety of different, had different vocational goals. And, yep. yep. um, And so connecting back in uh, getting involved with the CPT then really started to encourage me to be thinking more deeply about what this vocation is to be the pastor Mm. theologian and and really scratching another itch that I had had for a long time of capturing the necessity of of the church as a theological center. Yes. Um, And and this Mission to overcome the bifurcation between church and academy, which is not good for either of those things, yeah. um, and so that that became very central to my my understanding of my vocation. So then you ended up at Central, where yep. you are now. And I've been the senior pastor there for six years at Central, and um, still doing some adjunct at Bethel. Still doing adjunct at Bethel. Yeah, yeah, teaching uh, a couple courses, uh, well, two to three a year or something like that. Yeah, my my ministry at Central. Um, wonderful community of people going, it's a 126 year old church wow. and it's got rich history. Uh, it's been a very varied ministry with yeah. a variety of different things. But, um, you know, and I, I think about what's success for a pastor theologian. Yes. The church. Yes. Define, and, help us with that. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> I think we're all
2: wrestling with that a little bit.
0: Here's how I think about it. Um, you know, is success that my people have all read Calvin's Institutes and they can, you know, they can quote Calvin or they can... They, Drop they, they, they some pick Latin up, phraseology on things. Pick up dogmatics on the nights when they just yes. don't have anything else going on. I don't think that's the case. I, I think the pastor theologian, part of the core of our identity is there will be some people who really want to get into reading rich, deep theology, and you yeah. encourage that. I think of it as my work is to help my people see the world theologically, yes. I love their that. job, their raising of their kids. They, when I'm in different contexts, my, my preaching, counseling, hospital visits, what is my role here to encourage my flock to see the world through a theological lens? I love that. Not kind of the natural lens from which they normally would see it re- reshaping the lenses yes. so that they are seeing the world theologically and that's kind of how I view and so I think about my preaching that way I think about my yeah. my you know if I do a Wednesday night class I do try to push them to think very significantly theologically about which is different the world, than academically which is very different it's, it's than not not even sort of yeah. not
2: necessarily I'm, using big words I'm not signing papers and yeah, yeah, and they're not yeah. writing
0: a thesis yeah. um but trying to f- just frame their vision of the world to be a theological vision. They're looking at it through those lenses.
2: Kind of running it back full circle to where we started with your own personal story, starting with the fact that God does indeed exist. Exactly. That's <laughs> a that good changes place to start. everything. <laughs> <laughs> when I yeah. th- first came to Calvary and we were kind of working out here at, at, at our church, um, the vision of the pastor theologian. The phrase I would often use is, "I, I want to help this very biblically oriented congregation become more theologically yeah, minded." Yeah, and yeah, there's a distinction there between a distinction. those two that Absolutely. is important. And yeah. and so I, I appreciate that very yeah. much. The other way we've talked about it at the CPT is helping people think Christianly about not just Christian things, but everything. Right. So yeah. Christianly, not just about small groups or church services or missions, but Christianly about race and immigration and evolution and and the whole you know range. Of things that that are in this world of ours,
0: I've got a gentleman in my congregation. He's ninety five years old. He taught theology at Bethel for thirty five years before he retired. He studied with Br- Emil Brunner. Oh wow! Yeah, he attended some of Bart's lectures. Oh, gosh. Um, just an amazing guy. And, and we go out to lunch from time to time. And he, he told me once when he was twelve years old, um, he, he his grandfather was blind. And his grandfather lived near them, and every day after every day after school, he would go over to his grandfather's house and he would take him on a walk. He would lead him Mm. on a walk and he would describe for him what he saw so that he was his eyes. Right. Wow! And I thought about that as the the pastor theologian. What a lovely. That's what we do. We take people on walks through the world and we, and we seek to encourage them to see it in a in a different way, and, and interact with it therefore in a yeah. different way, yeah. and again that's not to say then that all of the lay people in our churches have to be deeply read in in all of the theological yeah. tradition, yeah. but they are being equipped to reflect and see. From a, from a theological perspective.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Joel, just with a few minutes we have remaining, help us understand how the tension has worked itself out in your own life between the pastor and theologian. I think for those of us who try to embody that calling, I think we experience the tension of that. And maybe one way to get at it is, what um, have you found most invigorating about mm. being in the church for being a pastor theologian? Yeah. And what have you missed most about being a full time professor? Right. Yeah,
0: I've missed the summers. <laughs> 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 yeah. Full time professors. It's a pretty good game. Ten month contract summers. isn't bad. <laughs> yeah, golf. I miss that. No. Um. I think I, I there certainly is tension, and I think that's just part in, of the of the calling. Yes. And the recognition is that there you just have to accept that that there is tension in that uh, little hyphen between pastor and theologian. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on there. What I, what I have enjoyed about being in the church is I do think that's where, that's where your frontline theological reflection is tested. Yes. Right. That's where, um, I mean, stepping in uh, as I did the other day to a hospice hospital yeah. to pray with a woman whose husband was within 24 hours of, of dying, that's theology. That is right? theology. That's where theology happens. The academy is where you step back and reflect on it with a little more depth and a little more intentionality. I do I do miss at times that space yeah. for that kind of reflection yes. and intentionality. I, I do find myself at times not being able to kind of access some of the, the deeper wells that that space yeah. gives you. But I, I I think the—helping the church to understand that this is actually where theology yeah. takes place, it, because the church thinks, and I think a lot of pastors think, the academy is where theology takes place. That's where a certain kind of reflection on theology takes yes. place. But that's not actually where theology takes place. Theology is a, it, uh, is a discipline of the church. Yeah. And I think helping pastors to understand so that, good. enter into the tension— yes be okay with the tension, struggle through that. Uh, Part of it is struggling through helping the church to understand what our calling is. And uh, because they don't really know what a pastor theologian is. My board when I came didn't really know what a pastor theologian was. And so we've had to kind of work that out together of of what does this look like.
2: But to see praying in the hospice visit as theologizing in the richest sense, what what are you affirming and about God and right. about life and about death and about, or um, the budget meeting and thinking about the priorities of the church is a theological a exercise and discipline yeah. or planning a worship service is a theological effort and and takes theological intentionality Absolutely. And, and seeing all of that. I, I, I agree. Advice for those that are listening. We have a lot of students that listen to this aspiring pastors, pastor theologians listen to this podcast. Any
0: advice to students? I think I would just say um, being a pastor theologian is not easy, Mm. Um, but the calling isn't easy. We're not, we're not in this for, for an easy calling. And so I I just would encourage them to uh, stay the course, keep after it. We're in a lot of ways, we're all trying to figure out exactly what this is. We're in this together. (laughs) Come on, enter into this conversation with us as we're all trying to to discern what this looks like for us in our own time, in our own place. So, yeah, I would just say be comfortable with the challenge of That's trying great. to figure this out. That's great.
2: And for pastors listening, we have
0: obviously a lot of pastors that listen as well.
2: Any any encouragement to them from your own experience as a pastor and pastor theologian?
0: Somebody once told me when you're a pastor, the church isn't going to keep boundaries for you. Yes. Right. You you have to keep your own boundaries. And a lot of pastors, a lot of us aren't very good at that. And I think to be a pastor theologian, there there do have to be some boundaries that we set so that we can have time and space in our life to do the reflection that we need to do. And for different pastors, that's going to look like different things. For some pastors, that's going to look like reading deep theology. Mm-hmm. Um, for others, that that may not be exactly what they're going to do, but they need space to reflect biblically, theologically on their pastorate. And I think one of the challenges that we have, and I've heard this in conversations with others of our, of our uh, fellows, with, with uh, other pastors, is the sense that the church may not exactly value you taking X number of hours per week to read yeah. theologically and i think part of our job is to lead the church into understanding why that's a value mm-hmm. and having the the courage to do that and having the courage to to keep our own boundaries and say no this is vital to my ministry uh, it you may not know exactly how that plays out on the the report at the end of the year yeah, that's right uh, but it's it's vital to the health of the church and it's not just i need to have time to indulge my my habit of reading it's, this is vital to the life of the church. Yeah. And I think as we model that more, and as more pastor theologians live that out. And congregations can and see congregations the fruitfulness see it of it, it. boards see it. Yes. Then I think that will, that's a big part, I think, of the the movement of the pastor theologian. Yeah, it's getting the church to understand it that's a great and get word. on board with it. That's a great word.
2: Joel, thank you for yeah. the conversation. Thank you for your example. Thank you for sharing your experience with us, brother. Appreciate Happy to it. do it.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CPT Podcast, a theology podcast for the church. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider throwing us a like, sharing the podcast online, subscribing, leaving a review. Uh, anything like that would go a long way towards helping other people hear about the podcast. Uh, the CPT Podcast is a ministry of the Center for Pastor Theologians. You can learn more about the CPT by visiting us at pastortheologians.com. You can also find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Our host for today's episode was Todd Wilson. Our producer and editor was Trenton Jones. Our music was composed by Andrew Gerlicker. I'm Zach Wagner. Thanks for listening.